the internet, and welcome to season 146, episode 5 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck Bob Saxton, fuck Ben Shapiro, fuck Tucker Carlson, fuck American fascism. It's Friday, August 13th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Don't come closer, Antimasker. I know that you don't see it my way, but you may be asymptomatic. Have you checked the CDC today? Oh, that is courtesy of Malicious Dish and my beautiful pipes. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Fuck the GOP. I don't care, it's all side for me. Fuck the GOP. Mitch looks like a turtle to me. All right, so shout out to Lex Lugie at Mr. Lugubrious for that wonderful Sister Sledge inspired AKA. We are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented, the wonderful Sophia Alexandra! Thank you so much for having me. Meow, meow. How are you? Since I see you all the time. Yeah, it's it's like having my good neighbor on. Hey, neighbor. I feel like I'm the third wheel today. Yeah, oh, anyway. No, yeah. Jack, you never could be. Don't mind. So, don't, anyway, don't mind remember Sophia. what we uh-huh. were talking about? I know, earlier. he did wear that shirt. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> Sucker? I oh, mean, the shirt? No, she meant me. Oh, uh, uh, Anyway, uh, inside joke, what Jack. Happened? Sorry. We, sorry uh, just, it's it take a lot of, you take a lot of time. Hey, dude. Sophia, Sophia, remember? What are you guys talking about? Sophia, remember? Walk in laughing. Remember, Sophia? Uh oh, SpaghettiOs? Yeah, yeah, that was a good uh, time. Mm. Anyway, really wish that Jack was there, but he wasn't. Yeah, so. no, I wasn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. Anyway, so what's up, uh, Jack? Nothing. Spaghettios. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's still funny, uh, even though he doesn't know what he's doing. It's no, I totally, I get it. Well, don't don't encourage. I, it, I think though, I get it. Don't encourage. I don't I encourage it. It, it um, he took a risk on that one. Uh huh. Just let him let him feel that one. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. I don't think Miles can get to know you any better. You guys are best. Friends. We actually constantly learn more about each other on our other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, a production Never heard of, of Radio. Yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think a lot. I actually suspect a lot of Zeit Gang doesn't know I do another podcast because when I mention it, it's at the end of the show uh, when I do AKA or the Twitters right. and stuff. So anyway, if you, if, I, if you don't know, now you know. Anyway. If you don't just, know, yeah, no big deal. You know. But if you love yeah. Ninety Day Fiance, yeah, just just hop in. And if you like really good Seinfeld impressions, <laughs> oh, it's actually the show is very heavy on Miles. Miles doing all kinds of impressions, really it's weird impressions. It's good. just become the Miles Gray impression hour slowly but surely. <laughs> I mean, that sounds really good to me. Which I think is it's also the Daily Zeitgeist. Now that I found my inner Ben Shapiro. Sophia, before we get to know you even better, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, We're going to talk about all around fuckery coming from the Trump uh, re election, the creep committee to re elect the president. Yeah. We're going to talk about it's like dumb creep because creep was the name of the Nixon thing that. Uh, got him in trouble. Oh, uh, this shit, is right, like right. dumb, dumb. Creep. Oh, I thought it was a TLC ref. Yeah, I was like, that sounds tight. And for me, I'm, I'm Radiohead. So right. <laughs> everything's Radiohead nowadays. Wow, you must be a real Radiohead if you know Creep. Oh most, yeah, uh, their and deepest <laughs> cut. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that one, and that's probably like their the one the best song. I mean, I like all their songs, but I think that's probably the best one. Yeah, yeah, that uh, I can name. The car police one. I love that one. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the sucking lemons one. Yeah. I like that one too. <laughs> love the sucking lemons one. Uh we're gonna talk about what about uh, double rainbow? You guys love that one? Oh, oh yeah. In yeah. double oh, rainbows. Yeah. Yep. Mm, yep. So oh, man. good. That sounds Fire. like such a that great other one idea uh, for viral content from the early aughts. For like all like the uh, double like rainbow all- guy mixed with <laughs> in rainbows. For people who love like water sports, there's that anthem, dude. Spear fish. 
fishing. Spear fishing. Yeah, I love that one, man. Just uh-huh. Me and my boys in Montauk. Dude, love and banging that one. Yep. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> There's a new trend in governor in a governor's mansion uh design where we're gonna start throwing <laughs> up big big ass fences around big them. ass fences yeah uh we're gonna talk about uber uh our favorite company all around <laughs> just the best uh we're gonna figure out what we're re-watching this weekend or watching for the first time yeah. uh we're gonna talk about cheetos mac and cheese all of that plenty more but first sophia we like to ask our guest what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are so um, I was talking about Russian food yesterday and telling s- someone about this dish called uh, Gogol Mogol, which is like a little um, thing that your mom would make you that was like a sweet dessert. And it's just like egg yolks that you would just beat with, with like a fork or whatever and some sugar and like vanilla. And you can throw some other stuff on there in there, depending what you like. But you would just have that. And it was such a little treat. And then when I told People in America, they're like, you eat raw eggs? I was like, all right. Like, I'm, yeah, not gonna like here, yeah. but- <laughs> I'm not going to like it here. I'm not going to like it Calm down, refrigeration <laughs> gang over here. So yeah, Gogol Mogol, fucking delicious. Wait, what? Then, how do you spell that? G-O-G-O-L, mm-hmm. like Gogol. And like then, Gogol Bordello? Yes. And mm-hmm. then M-O-G-O-L. Oh, Mogul. great. Gogol Mogol. And have you made it as an adult? Like, because I, I recently started making stuff. I, like, now that I'm, I realize, like, I'm an adult with cooking skills, I'm like, yeah, wait, why don't I make, like, my favorite, like, hanjuku egg, like, you know, like a ver- super soft boiled egg with soy sauce. Like, I just, my simple so child breakfast. Uh, have you made it recently? No, I haven't. And I, when I was talking about yesterday, I was the reason I looked it up is I was like, I should make, like, an adult version. Because they were saying you could put brandy and shit in it oh, when I was Googling it. And, yeah. Or... And I obviously, as a child, my grandpa just gave me vodka straight, so, so right. I never had it inside. How <laughs> much dessert. vodka? A shot. Yeah. A shot, just to like bedtime. Uh, just like he would or say, to wake up in the morning. He would say "la pizza," which is like for your appetite. So with like dinner. Oh. And uh, recently, it. my mom just found that out. She's like, "When was this?" I was like, "I don't know." Me and my cousin were like six. She's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Hell is yeah. that is that normal though to hit the vodka early like at six? Culture? I mean, or like your grandpa was kind of lit. He was like, yeah, our culture is full of alcoholics, right? So right. who can tell? Yeah, that sounds really good. The, the egg it's yolk, delicious the and it's so easy to make. Yeah, you're just saying vanilla, sugar, and I could do that right now. Yeah, do it right okay, now. Okay, hold on, I'll be right back. Okay, see you. <laughs> And how would you? It would it be in a bowl that you would eat with a spoon? Would it be like something like you just pudding? drank? Uh, in a mug. In a mug. Okay, right, right, right. Easy. With easy. a spoon? No spoon? Sip? Uh, with a spoon, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, our uh, treats were cheese flats. I've talked about with a tortilla and cheese on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, what are cheese slats? Cheese flats. flats. Oh, that was, flats. That's what our family named them. We had a naming <laughs> ceremony, and uh, that, that got voted <laughs> Basically, the half a quesadilla. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, but you put it in the oven so it crisps up. It's pretty good. And then, oh, um, yeah. uh, cinnamon toast was. Uh, oh, I love cinnamon toast. <laughs> the easiest thing. Oh, you just like a little butter, sugar, cinnamon. butter, sugar, cinnamon. Yeah. Uh, Cheerios this... with a scoop of sugar also really. Like, oh yeah, kicks. One of my I faves. remember because th- remember kicks po- uh, kicks cereal. They didn't used to have really that much sugar, and I used to get in trouble, like getting caught. Like I would actually, because my parents wouldn't let me put sugar on the cereal, mm-hmm. I would I would lift sugar packets from diners as a kid and have that <laughs> oh shit. Oh my on god! Deck. And I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna eat it in my room." And like low key, I'm like putting all this like sweet and low and shit. And they're like, "What's wrong with you? You caught me!" Like I'm sorry, man. Just this shit tastes like shit without the sugar. It's just coming out of your shirt cuff. You're yeah, like- <laughs> right. What's that movie where they're doing that? In the, in the baseball game, he's, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that like it's like when your naked, mom finds condoms in your room gun, as a yeah. kid, but the condoms are actually sugar packets, and she's <laughs> even more disappointed. Like, oh my god! <laughs> uh, what is something you think is overrated? Okay, so I've just really been annoyed with leftist Twitter after the VP announcement, Uh-oh. and I'm just like, I'm sorry uh, that. Nothing is perfect in the entire world. 
Mm-hmm. Like, can we stop talking about, oh, I don't want to vote for the lesser of two evils. That's mm. literally what it is to make a choice between two things. Right. Which thing is less bad? Right. Well, and yeah. I'm sorry, like, if you didn't understand from the last election till now that actually uh, the two evils were pretty different, then I don't know what to tell you. And, like, look. No one's getting what they want. It's fucking politics. Just be an adult. Right. I think, yeah. I mean, I think the I feel the criticisms are valid, but I understand too, like, if it's, there's no, like, point in then also just saying, like, well, I'm going to remove myself from this thing and allow, like, just the, the fascist party to just get a full head of steam going into the next four years. I think right. that's, like, that's, that's pretty reckless because that's the, one of the only ways that we can stave that off very narrowly in the context of this election. But also like, I think the frustration is just generally for people like to your point, the idea that no one can get what they want, I think should be really upsetting to people because there are so many people seeking equality and to just have this idea that nobody's going to get what they want is just such a, it's a, it's, it's hard to like stomach that. And I think that's the thing. No, that a lot, I just that is, mean it in a large way, not not like uh, we like can't, the perfect candidate for each yeah, single person. Yeah, that's sure. all I mean. I don't mean it in like, oh, no, we can't get what we want in terms of like workers rights or rights for black people. Like, of course, I think that that is non-negotiable and that we will get that. Like, I think that we tend toward progress in the long run. But mm-hmm. if we haven't noticed how much th- worse things became from Trump being in office, then like, I don't know what we're doing. And also it discounts and shits on a lot of people. Like I come Kamala Harris wasn't somebody that I was that interested in. You know, I don't really care if someone makes someone cry on television. Like I like that she did that. Like that's Mm -hmm. great that Brett Kavanaugh was crying, but I'm not going to elect somebody for that. And I, and she's a cop and that is my problem. And that's a lot of people's problem, but yeah, it's to not me, to the point where you're like, all right, end it all, just pack it up. I mean, I think, but that I was didn't want to tweet any problem. shitty and like sarcastic stuff because uh, I also saw a woman post a tweet about like a 93 year old black woman that she was canvassing on the phone with um, was crying when she found out that Harris was the VP and she was talking about picking cotton and shit and like having the fucking wish that she could tell her grandmother that this is something that's happening. And I don't think we should take everything away from the people to whom it means something by just being so shitty and callous. You can definitely tweet an argument and be like, this is what I don't like about this. But to do the thing where you just completely negate and shit on the entire thing, that's a disservice. The reason Republicans have fucking been able to get their agenda across because they would rather swallow the giant shit that is Trump then abandon their party. And it's not honorable, but that is how they've gotten more shit done. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, the the Republicans are an insurgency. They're like a smaller portion of the population. They're more willing to just all take their marching orders and get behind it. And that is definitely an advantage that they have. It's just like anytime I get angry about this kind of shit, I'm like, okay, that's more time I need to be putting into local politics. That's more time I need to be putting into like candidates that can make a big difference in like where I live instead of hoping that everything in the world is going to get changed when I elect the president. Right. I think you're going to find more people in line with whatever your political ideologies are, the more local you get. Like at the federal level, like it's just it's just hard to do that. So that's why you get these candidates who's like it's like. The architect of mass incarceration plus California's top cop is the ticket. And then but but that's just what it is, because you don't get there being like super hard line with your ideals or else you typically those people fall into activism and not yeah. politics. And I think that's what you're seeing now is more on the local level, people moving from different spaces into politics. And I think that's why we see more of these candidates, like at least from Congress, like from the House of Representatives down you see a lot more people that are like, oh, shit, like this is somebody who's really kind of like on that wave. Uh, so I hope that definitely keeps going. That's yeah, that's the trend, I think, that is good because I think people the if the frustration isn't directed into like putting action into your local po- like local politics, local government, 
then that frustration is really useless. And like that is what the other quote unquote side wants. Like it'd be great for fascists if we stopped engaging in the election all politics in general. Yeah. And everything. (laughs) Right. What is uh, something you think is underrated? Um, I think that the movie Heartbreakers with Sigourney Weaver and Je- Jennifer Love Hewitt mm-hmm. Were they is con underrated. Artists? Yeah. Wow. That movie's really fun. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I saw that in the theater. I've seen it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I re- I really um I was a huge Jennifer Love Hewitt fan. <laughs> yeah. Who wasn't? Are you kidding me? me she also too. like she like grew up or like in the like in the valley too and like Toluca Lake. So like I remember people like she's, she's like a legend. Like Jennifer Love Hewitt was at Bob's on Riverside. Wow. We're like, oh my God. Her JLH. I would have never left Bob's because yeah. she's so fine. Uh but yeah, that movie really was remind me again are they like a mother and daughter con artist team yes so it's like a remake of an older movie with where it was starring two men i think uh and they were they conned women out of their money got it got and it, so got it. this movie is like a mother and daughter duo who con like millionaires out of money or whatever and it starts with like uh sigourney weaver being married or getting married to ray liotta <laughs> which is so fun. Right, right, right. And then uh Gene Hackman is the guy that Sigourney Weaver tries to seduce and he's like a disgusting uh cigarette like smoker. Right, right. <laughs> and he and it's 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 delightful. There's only say, like, a couple of salesmen or executives. <laughs> yeah, I think he's like an owner of the I oh, mean, okay. he's really committed to the cigarettes. Got it. Um not just like casual. But yeah, and then uh, you know how like you watch a lot of movies that you still love or like older movies back and you're like, this is so unacceptable, like feminism wise or rape culture wise. Like this is like I I shudder. This movie has only like the tiniest bit. Oh, only four. This is problematic. Yes. You know what I mean? So the rest of it is pretty enjoyable. It's interesting. Like everybody that was in that movie, like. Like Galifianakis is in it. Like, and like Sarah Silverman's in it. This cast uh, is incredible. Jason yeah. Lee is the love interest for Jennifer Love Hewitt. It's a fucking great movie. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> and Bancroft. It's it's got everything. It's got something for everybody. Anything with Hackman, I feel like now it's like we kind of took him for granted, and then he retired, but. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to watch this movie. And watching him hack soon. his lungs out and keep thinking that his name is Hackman. Yeah. That really oh. just did everything for me. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's funny because that movie came out at a very innocent time in America, March mm-hmm. 23rd, 2001. Wow. Wow, what happened? Just a pre 9 11 yeah. world, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. I miss watching movies that, like, were when you realize, like, oh, this is pre 9 11. Like there's like a sort of a there's like a different sort of like uh, carefree attitude of like the characters I feel that like are kind of absent after that. Yeah, and Friends. Uh, that's why we love Friends so much. It all takes place in a e- even the episodes that uh, come out after nine eleven take yeah. place in a pre nine eleven world. You're like, let's not do that. Not also, Sigourney Weaver is so fine in that movie. Like, I know we all expect Jennifer Love Hewitt to be hot, but Sigourney Weaver brings it in this movie. Oh, she's she's underrated. wearing fucking all lace, fucking unitard bodysuit things. She is. She's <laughs> just she's fucking fire in it. It's it's Sigourney Ripley. <laughs> uh, finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Um, I just like have been wearing this um, red bandana thing. You wear it well. Um, I was going to compliment you on it. You look great. And Mm. yes, um, it looks like I'm in the blood. So that's a myth. No, Uh, (laughs) the myth was that people keep saying that I look like Rosie the Riveter or just will always say the Rosie the Riveter thing. Uh And like Rosie the Riveter is such a bummer, fake feminism thing. And like, I don't know if a lot of people know about it, but Rosie the Riveter uh, was just like um, a concept to make housewives go to work to help the war effort when Americans uh, were in World War II. And then um, basically afterwards, they were like, okay, now you go back to the house. 
Mm-hmm. So it was very much like this is temporary. Yeah. So Rosie the Riveter isn't like this feminist symbol that like we have now made her out to be. It's just more of like a con where it was like, okay, ladies, you can do it. You That'll can do, do it. We don't need you to do it anymore. Right. <laughs> All right. The men are back. The men are back. Yeah, are exactly. Back. And uh, yeah. And they had to go to like lower paid positions um, and stuff. And like mm, the workforce, the women in the workforce percentage decreased a lot. And like they had to take shittier work if they did stay and like less money Mm. yay rosie the riveter uh all right let's take a quick break and we'll be right back and we're back and uh trump participated in his uh usual you know, political mode of saying the the thing that we were all speculating that was like his secret motive out loud. Yeah, he admitted that without the Postal Service funding that he is actively blocking, the election won't happen or will be very difficult to happen. And Because it's yeah. all a fraud. That's the deal. So he's, so he's fucking the election you on purpose. Know. If yeah. they do the mail-in voting, then it's going to be a fraud. So that's why I got to block it. And then they won't be a fraud. So his out loud, he says, therefore, they don't have the money to do the universal mail-in right. voting. So therefore, they can't do it. How are they going to do it if they don't have the money to do it? Okay, asshole. Right. So now we're, I, don't, I mean, like, this is just, it, it's getting so much more and more, like, louder and in your face of, like, I'm, f- I'm not fucking leaving. Like, right. I'm going to fucking tear the whole thing down. Like, I'm the postal service. They're treating it like a business now where they're like, it costs this much billion to run the postal service. It's not a motherfucking revenue generating business. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like service. They, they don't talk about other budgets like education, like or the military like that. I mean, like they still find they ways do, to cut education but, funding, but right. not the military, oh, at least not the military. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, in the same way that they're like sort of at like juxtaposing these arguments about it and the postmaster general that's in there is already tearing shit down from the inside like at the yep. at such an aggressive pace it's uh, it's unbelievable they have their uh postal workers i think in oh i somewhere in the midwest that were saying some of the sorting machines were being removed from certain post office hubs so that means like sorting the mail becomes even more difficult because they're t- actively removing the technologies to do that to create a, even more of a like a backlog, it's so so. There's cynical. also a, a, a medications thing that's pretty fucked up, right? So like, people, a lot of people get their medications mail ordered. So, um, and the way that the refills work is like they get activated at the right time to get mailed out to you before you run out. But now, um, there a lot of places are not doing like local sorting where like the things that's going to like eight miles to you or six miles to you it doesn't go in a separate place now they right. they reroute it to like a central facility and then it gets to go to the um to the person so it's been like causing delays in um people getting their medications which is super fucked up i mean and this is again this is all to create the perception that the postal service is like inefficient it sucks uh, we don't, you know, it has like a 91% approval or something astronomically high with people. And like, this is all part of a campaign to try and bring those numbers down. And eventually like most of how these processes work in this country, especially then privatize it and then just be like, all right, so who wants to take over this thing? You can make a lot of money. Uh, let's just do that rather than putting taxpayer dollars into like a fantastic service. That is like one of the best parts of the, one of the good things that runs and employs a ton of people. This is one of those times when it's impossible for me to conceive of a way of covering this story from Fox's point of view. Um, And so I went to foxnews.com and their big headline, New Hope for Mideast Peace. Trump announces historic diplomatic breakthrough between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. So that's what's going on here. They're trying to make him look like the peacemaker in chief. Right. rather than rat fucker in chief. Uh, They're trying to mobilize the Jewish vote. 
Sure. I mean, it's, yes. it's always so, so fucking manipulative. It's to get the old Jews who like already don't know which media to listen to to be like, hey, you know what? He is the savior. You know what? If there's one thing that he's done is secure Israel, that's worth voting for. Right. The the actual I'm I'm really surprised though too how I don't know, like I feel like every single person needs to have their hair on fire about this. Right. You know, to for him to out loud. I mean, we've I'm not that this is the first time, but it's just so craven and it is so cynical. And then we just have like the like only Democrats signing a letter being like, please fund the Postal Service. Where the fuck? Uh, what is I'm like, what is going on? But yeah, this is what I'm always finding myself I, like every time I think like I can't be more shocked. Uh, we find a way to, to go for like deeper. Yeah. And so frequently the people that voted for him are getting are getting fucked the most because like a lot of the people who live in rural places for them, like the post office and mail is like a huge lifeline. Mm-hmm. And again, they're going to get fucked more than other people. That's we'll see. I mean, again, if maybe Congress can do the right thing, we'll see if this is pure. It, it, we may just see really this full on tampering with dismantling of the postal service there are so many postal workers and carriers like who work for the service that are are, like asking people that please pay more attention because part of the whole like pride that they have is that like they are able to sort all the mail in a day and deliver everything on time like that's the that's the the pride that they get out of it and the morale is so low now And it's all it's just really, really hard to watch because like if you've been in any job where like the vibes have been good and then some new boss comes in and fucks it all up and you're like, oh, man, like this is so wrong. This is so bad. It's it's like that in a worse scale. And it's actually going to be a really legitimate threat to voting, which is now it's like, okay, well, then now, you know, if you can vote in person, maybe you have to. Yeah, because I've been seeing stories like that where they're like, yeah, no, you can't really do mail-in voting now. You really need to go in person to, if you want Biden to win because otherwise Trump is going to claim that he won on the night of the election right. and then we won't be able to get him out and to then like it's like, back but off that claim. That's really our own. And then it's like more uh, just jarring when you're like, that's our only recourse. Right. Yeah. It's to like, that's it? You can't... Anyway, so... I mean, uh, we and it's a fucking catch twenty two because they're gonna make it hard to vote in person, closing down polling stations as always, and like disenfranchising uh, voters based on like IDs and all that stuff. So it's like, oh well, you can't do it in person, you can't do it by mail. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this is open, you know, authoritarianism, fascism. They're just trying to use their power to stay in power. They've been telling us that's what they're going to do from the start. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the, what the answer is. Other, than I mean, that. look at, look at Belarus. What's happening in Belarus. Yeah. You know, you, you have somebody be like, nah, I just, I just made up the election results. Right. Uh, people go on the streets. They're getting brutalized. Now we're seeing these like propaganda video of like them having like these protesters that look visibly beaten and being like, oh, you're going to start trying to start another revolution now? Right. And they're like, no, no. Like, it's just like, it's very dark. But this is, I mean, like, you, if when you're looking at someone who's saying, I refuse to re- let go of my power, it's, it doesn't end with them being like, ah, you know what? I'm tired of it. Okay. I right. guess I'll be held accountable. I guess I'll start paying these bills and maybe I'll answer to some legal uh, cases that I'm facing. I don't think that's going to happen. And when you look at even now, the every dimension, that they are trying to manipulate this election is so, so dark and cynical to like, even the whole Jared Kushner and Kanye thing is so alarming. Okay. Because we're like, okay, Kanye is running for president. That's what he wants to do. And then it's like, who's helping him? And we're like, Oh God, it's all these Republicans. And we're like, okay, so he's there to, because the Republicans think uh, all black people will just vote for the rapper and that'll help siphon votes away from Biden. You know, Kanye even knew, like in a in an interview with Forbes, he was essentially acknowledging that he knew what would happen. But at this point, he's under such dis- he's under such dis- severe distress at the moment that it's hard to know like what he's aware he's doing, what if he knows if he's being manipulated. Because in this Forbes article, 
They talk about how him and Jared Kushner talk almost daily. And he's using like reverse psychology on Kanye West to keep him in the race for president. Most people are saying like, you know, like when you look at the states, you can even be on the ballot. You don't really have a path to actually becoming president. Uh, It's going to be very difficult. And that like sort of got him a little bit disheartened. And then like on Twitter, he's like, no, my, my whole thing is to win. And when you read this article, people are saying this is from the Forbes article, quote, and that seems to be the message that Kushner has been feeding him. Talking about Kanye, quote. Jared's scared and doesn't want me to run because he knows that I can win. West has told numerous associates after his conversations with the president's son-in-law. So Jared Kushner's getting him on the phone, gassing him up, not even saying like, oh, don't worry about where you're on in the ballot, man. Like you people, people like are feeling you so much, but like it worries us a little bit too, man, because you know, like you got the people's ear. And so again, from this article, they say that message, the source is close to West acknowledge is the exact one that will embolden West to stay in the race. This is a direct quote from somebody says, if one of you, if you know him for more than 20 minutes, you know, that will work. He's just like a kid. The more you tell him he can't do a thing, the more he'll do it. He has a tremendous drive to prove people wrong. And that's being out just right in front of our faces, just manipulated. It's so sad to have uh, somebody being exploited by people that ultimately hate him and look down upon him. And it There's is so many dimensions. So of it that tragic. Up. So yeah. tragic. If if someone did that to me, like whatever, I'm bipolar. And if when I was at my worst, someone was like, you know, would be cool is to just fuck with Sophia. It's pretty easy. Yeah, <laughs> that is it would be and cruel and not the the really fucked up thing too is right. It seems subtle, like hey, you you know, like you got the vision, man. The Yeezy 2020 vision, like duh, this could this could really be something. While they're saying that to him, these operatives who are out here gathering signatures to get him on ballots, specifically in Montana, where, you know, the, the local uh, journalists were like questioning some of these people who are grabbing signatures, is they're framing it like this, quote, you want to help Trump? We're trying to take votes away from un- from creepy Uncle Joe. And then they go to it. They went to another like a park where they saw more organizers uh, to fair goers. Same exact approach is sort of like, hey. Help Trump by signing the petition to get Kanye West on the ballot. Therefore, Joe Biden will probably have less votes. That's all like it's it's just there. That's how it's being laid out to Trump supporters. Yeah. Let's exploit this man of color and whatever state he's in for just a vile, cynical aim of just trying to split some votes. And it's not I don't even know how effective that's going to be. It's just so fucking. Oh, I feel like we need a new word for super cynicism like the like compounded cynicism because it's just and to exploit someone's like superpower uh, and i don't mean his mental illness i mean like the fact that kanye has gotten so successful precisely because he didn't let people tell him that he couldn't achieve his dreams right and to use that like incredible driving force that made him uh such a successful artist and it's like a it sounds use, like a it's so evil like to use that against deal. him. Yeah. It's yeah, it's truly some some I don't deeply know what we call unethical this. fucked up multiple levels of Hades level fucked up. I don't know. Pennsylvania is not bad yeah, enough for these. Not people. even. So I don't even know, but it's but this is where they're at and oh, I mean like, you know, as we as we go forward, we still see that the foreign interference is happening like whether it's uh, Ted Cruz like parroting misinformation or like a fake Antifa website that conservative media picked up that was actually you know uh registered uh, to like a, a Russian domain like it's all they're doing every single thing they can and you can even see it with the like overt just disgusting even racist attacks on Kamala Harris out the gates like right. just she's a mad woman and these people these people are crazy. Like, just out there for y'all to be like, this is how we're going to win. We're just going to just bring the fucking worst out and just see what happens. And I'm afraid doing that in the process, man, causes so... We're already so damaged as a country. Like, who, no matter what the outcome, like, this this election is going to put us through... We thought 2016 was bad. This is... I. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Prepare thyself. It's... Yeah, it's going to take a long time. Uh, 
what this election is. Oh, yeah. I mean, people are like, it's not going to be decided on election night. It's not going to be decided in November. I don't yeah, think. Who knows? And then this year is so unpredictable. You could all see like Trump is just like, I'm taking a trip to Russia. And he's like, right. and I won't come back. Sorry, y'all. Trump <laughs> out. That would be the dream. Um, just on election, like prognosticating, there's like 538 open there. Uh, pick and they have Biden winning at the exact same percentage that Clinton <laughs> that had Clinton winning on the night before the uh, oh no everything seventy one percent which if you have a free throw shooter going to the line at the end of the game shooting seventy one percent you feel like shit um, no you want Mark Price pulling up to right the free you throw want nineties um, yeah and that's just not going to happen the, who was the best free throw shooter back then. Back then, probably Price. Okay. So yeah. Sure. I mean, Steve Nash was one of the greats. Curry, you know that thing I think, about is the best of all time. Free throws that's fascinating is that it's a lot more accurate if you do it with two hands from between your legs. But because it doesn't look masculine, basketball players won't do it. Right. Right. Isn't like the record holders that has doing it grand? Because we even call it Rick granny Barry. style. You yeah. Know exactly. I mean? It's to be like. Look at uh, us, problematic. You know what I mean? Just yeah, be efficient. better y'all. is gross. It's w- women's work, not we just s- women's work. Old women's work. <laughs> <laughs> we need someone to fully disrupt the game with, like, yo, that shooting technique is fucked up, but they cannot miss, and it's the all the rage. I, I mean, that's LeBron, what happened. With- if he was brave enough, this would be his next thing. <laughs> uh, Rick Barry shot from between his legs, granny style, eighty nine point three percent. Uh, career free throw shooting uh, topped out at 94.7 in the 78-79 season. Uh, He got Wilt Chamberlain to start shooting that way uh, between his legs. And then people made fun of him. For one season, his free throw shooting percentage went up like 30 percentage points and like he became a a solid free throw shooter, which made him the most unstoppable person in the history of basketball. And then, yeah, he... Thought he looked whack, so he changed back to shooting and he, horribly. And he's like, overhand. right, and he's like, and I have sex 900 times a day. <laughs> I mean, that was... he was, compensating for the free throw I shooting? was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they want to talk shit about my free throws? Why? Well, I, I have like, sex like three Suck my dick, quick! Do it right now! <laughs> Validate me! <laughs> um, all right. Let's just talk- talking about the election? Damn. Yeah, where did I have? We needed oh, a we break. We were talking about free throw shooting yeah. because of the wow. Uh, Look at us. Look yeah, at us. Seventy-one percent. Huh? There's also the guy who I, I was feeling like I'm just trying to, you know, th- this is not stuff that I put any stock in. This is just a temporary uh, way for me to get to sleep at night because I don't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like looking at these polls and being like, okay, well maybe like Biden will win. Uh, there's also the guy who who's predicted every single presidential election from 81 when he started putting this like thing together forward. He's correctly predicted them all, including Trump winning. He has Biden winning. But then when you look at his methodology, it's like based on him saying that Trump isn't charismatic, which is like a totally subjective uh, distinction. And, uh, I don't know. This is Not the thing. Great. You got to vote, man. Every single and we just that's all we can keep saying in regards to this election specifically. That's the all you like you have to act like the guy is trying to steal the election, which he is. He so is, therefore, actively. please yeah. act accordingly. Uh and you know, well as we get closer and closer, see what else has to be done. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that uh us people can do in in the face of like protest uh, yes horrifying uh abuse of power uh so there one one of the really effective tactics of the uprising after George Floyd's lynching was like taking the protest to the neighborhoods where mayors live where governors live right uh taking it to the governor's mansion right so South Dakota is doing something that I think might become a trend where they are building a $400,000 fence around the residence of the state governor. Yep. You know, I mean, Christy Nome has made a fucking mess yeah. of things over there. She constantly is parroting the president, whatever he's like, yeah, whatever he says, cool. So like, let's just do that. Butting heads with tribal leaders, 
the meatpacking industry, teachers, anybody. Um, so, yeah, I think it was natural that people are with all the economic fallout, the societal fallout. They are displeased and they're just saying like, yeah, man, there's like, I guess she's got some threats. So let's just put up this wall. Um, and, you know, I don't they still don't know how they're going to pay for it. They don't know who the taxpayers pay for it. Is there going to be some private funding? Like, do is that really do we do taxpayers need to be paying for something like that? But it's interesting to just see, like, we've gone from having like already our very well made metaphorical fences that we've put up in our perceptions, uh, right. like as Americans to like avoid actually interacting with the dark reality of the country. Um, and now it's like, oh, now we're crossing into, yeah, we also need the physical barriers to keep angry people that we are disenfranchising just far away enough that their sounds don't disrupt my existence as I bury my head further into the sand. This mm. is such monarchy shit. Yeah. It's like, it's straight up French Revolution shit. It's like, oh, no, we won't make the excess and the fucked upness of our government like change instead. We'll no, we just gotta, ignore yeah. it. We got to knuckle we get... up. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, it's so gross. Well, it just shows that they're like, that's their posture is, well, we're not going to change. So if you're going to keep this up, then we need to figure out how to deal with y'all. Um, right. And that's really just like, okay, that's uh, that's one way to solve it and not to actually lead. Uh, and then just kind of in the same vein, because all of this is in the same vein of just uh, the the powerful abusing the uh, everybody else uh uber uh so a california court uh has determined that uber needs to treat its employees like employees well um, yeah 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 that was a big deal they're independent right. contractors that's right. why we can treat them like shit because if they're employees then we have to like give them shit that and is yeah. literally uber's entire business model yeah um, in 2018, this court, I think it was the California Supreme Court or there was a Supreme Court decision in 2018 saying, yeah, uh, here's the deal. Like if they, if they meet this, these requirements, then they are a independent contractor. But based on this methodology, these are employees. Therefore you need to figure out how to transition to this employee model where your drivers are now actually employed by you Uber. And it's, if you know anyone who drives Uber if you've driven Uber, you know it's difficult. You know it's not easy. You know the amount of hours you have to spend to make it worth your while is a lot. I mean, people who are traveling from like outlying counties to drive Uber in LA because there's more, the possibility of rides is higher, but like they're driving like nearly two hours to get here. And to think of that as your commute and then how you have no time after that to even have with your family and just have enough to cover your gas and make a little bit more. It's a really, really, really difficult way to sustain yourself. And by not having the like benefits like an employee would like con contributions to your Social Security, fucking sick leave, a, f a fucking minimum wage. You know what I mean? Because their whole thing is, well, if anybody's the customer, it's the driver. That was one of the legal arguments they said. It's like, because what we're doing is actually providing a service for the driver to interact with a customer that so they can make money that way. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just a really, uh, it, it's it's getting darker and darker now. And I keep, this has been the theme of this episode. Right. Um, because right now, uh, people like Uber, even DoorDash and Lyft, they're putting money into a ballot proposition in California called Prop 22. And, you know, some states have this, but you know, there's when you have ballot prop, ballot initiatives, rich people can just get together and be like, we can put something on the ballot and hopefully make it a law to protect our business. And in this one, they're putting a ballot initiative that will be up to the voters in uh, December or November. That's essentially they're like, we want to maintain our ability to keep exploiting our drivers as independent contractors, but we get that it's kind of fucked up. So we'll make like a wage floor. So there's like a kind of a minimum, but don't ask like minimum wage. And that is like their new um, tactic to the point where the CEO of uh, Uber, Dara Koshoshai, is saying, I will fucking pull the service of Uber in the state of California until the voters decide if you're going to make us treat these people like employees. So they're going to essentially, they're threatening the people who even use this for their livelihood to right. be like, Give us a stay until we can sort this out with a ballot proposition. And if, if it doesn't, like, we're going to have to really think. It's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's like the 
capital is going on strike or like has the ability to like basically strike against the workers well doing you this. you have wages low enough that they become dependent on the job then it's com- you've completely inverted the like not that this is an inversion of the balance of power that's what the balance of power is that's why people have to accept these really terrible working conditions yeah and no we- it's like all the protections that are in place in a like healthy you know balance between labor and capital are like on the side of like all those powers belong yeah. to capital now well and uber you know they're still not profitable and but they believe they've been telling people like they'll probably be profitable by the end of this year um and so you know but treating human beings like with dignity is going to cost us money. And like, that's one of the, the real arguments, right? It's like, well, doing that, not exploiting them is going to be too expensive and it's going to make rates higher for, for the passengers because they're going to pass that on to the consumer rather than do it themselves. When a lot of people did the breakdown, it would cost them $3,625 per driver to like transition them to actual, like an employee structure, which would be a half billion dollars annually. That's nothing compared to like the actual revenue that's generated by that business. It's nothing. But that's what we're talking about because at the end of the day, the the God that like, you know, dictates how we treat workers is this idea of shareholder value and how much profit you're making. And by suddenly like, whoa, 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 what happened? What happened? We just lost a half million dollars. What happened? What's, what's going on? Oh, well, we had to give people, you know, like sick leave, uh, you know, make sure that they have like some kind of social security like we're paying into things like that. Oh, well, why are we doing that? Now we just went from, you know, 18 billion to 17 and a half. Uh-uh. Yep. No, no, we're not doing that. If, yeah. And if that's the case, then we might have to have a vote and maybe get a new CEO. Like, it's just so, again, like we were saying in the last episode, it, the purpose is just for all people to be able to, to make a living normally, not have to really whittle the, the hours of their day down, just toiling so some other person can enjoy the fruits of that labor, that you can also have a meaningful form of income that you can provide for your family and and you know relax a little bit that's really all this is about but for some people the way they relax is knowing that those that revenue keeps going up mm. uh all right let's take a quick break we'll be right back and we're back and Let's talk about some bright spots in the culture. Let's talk mm-hmm. about Cheetos mac and cheese. <laughs> this has been uh oh, yeah. it's been oh, a yeah. you know, a dorm room staple, like something that people have been sort of MacGyvering on their own with the homemade mac and cheese and just putting blue Doritos box. in there. Uh, a little blue box with some with some orange bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now <laughs> they are making it official and Cheetos is partnering with another food company to actually make Cheetos mac and cheese. They've even got like the flaming, the oh, flaming hot. That's the hot. only thing I give a shit about. Yeah. Bold and cheesy, flaming hot and cheesy jalapeno. Do you put hot sauce in your regular Kraft mac and cheese? Always. You do? Yes. What do you put in it? Uh, like Tabasco, Tabasco or yeah. uh, Cholula. Oh, shit. What about you, Sophia? I don't really eat mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. Are you lactose intolerant? No, I, it's just like not really a Russian thing. So I didn't grow mm, up eating growing it. Growing up on it, yeah. So I don't have that like, ooh, Me like either, cozy. but I'm also, making up for lost time. I'm like, yeah, man, get the spirals this time. Get what them I the like unicorn. is there's this place that had um, street corn with ooh. hot Cheetos Oh, oh hot Cheetos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mexican yeah, yeah, yeah. street corn. And it was yeah. fucking ooh, delicious. Elote. Yeah, elote. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds this, amazing. I know they were yeah. like... Uh, like I remember a few, couple years ago, right kind of by our office, there was like a Cheetos pop up restaurant uh, right. that was going down where they were messing around with these flavors. But to see it like now be the thing, it's really uh, it's enticing, and I yes. like that it spirals too from the images I'm looking at because uh, you know some that's just a little more surface area for the it cheese. Grabs to stick the to. sauce real nice. Yeah, thank mm. you so much. It's what is really that? Is that delicious. fusilli? What's it called? Rotini. Yeah, or I guess rotini. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll take it. Uh, mm. it, lo- it looks great. I I do love. <laughs> so one thing, it, even if you are lactose intolerant, you don't have to worry about it because uh, real, real cheese, cheese has never any touched <laughs> any any of these uh ingredients. Um, 
But yeah, they they say so the takeout, which is like the garbage food blog, not the blog being garbage, the food being garbage, uh, says it's actually pretty good. They gave it a the sauce is actually creamy, which is an unexpected bonus. I like that. Huh. That's where their because uh, usually you have to turn were. up. Yeah, your, your box mac and cheese, like you know, add a little like half and half, just a, a little, little butter, cream. just to get a little, just mm. give that little, mm, little zhuzh. Always, yeah. But I, I am down. I'm gonna give this a shot. We should all. I mean, maybe we could do that for an episode. Well, everyone just will do eat a taste on test. air. <laughs> yeah, simultaneously. We'll do a like rewatch. They have, they have microwave cups, like so. You know, you can do like the quick version. Although mm. I like the box version. I was never really a fan. Like when they made it, they streamlined it top. to do a microwave. Yeah. I'm like, mm, that's a little too much energy into that yeah. one. Because I like, like to keep my mac and cheese al dente, uh, and that's harder with. You mean crunchy? I've yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, no, man, I just mix the powder in your mouth with the dry shells yeah. and it kind of does the same thing. It's much faster that way, I've found. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. your teeth are a mess. They're yeah. all chipped and shit from just doing all that dry macaroni. My lips are all cut up. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, also talk about what we are rewatching this weekend. Let's read off the Netflix top 10 okay. at the moment as we are recording this. Uh, number one is The Lost Husband. Uh, what is I, that? Where'd he go? I don't yeah. know. That's the Dude, that's the where's question. my husband? <laughs> Dude, where is my husband? <laughs> um, I don't know what that is, but it's number one. Yeah, what one. that means. Hot damn. Uh, Umbrella Academy, you, you, have you He's caught up He's usually the this? last place you look. You He's know what I mean? usually the last. Oh, it's check Josh your pussy, Demel? girl. Check your pussy. What? <laughs> oh, it's Josh Demel. Uh, you well, mean P word? Excuse me. Don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't say that here, and it's and it should be dry for the record, <laughs> according to my wife. Uh, Jack likes his pussy how he likes his mac and cheese. <laughs> That's right. Dry and in my mouth and uh, spicy. <laughs> the whole thing with Lost Husband is Josh Demel says looking to start anew. A widow retreats with her children to her aunt's goat farm, where the ranch's manager helps her navigate <laughs> country life and loss. Is that a comedy? This sounds okay. That, I'm I'm putting that. I'm gonna put a pin in that one. Okay, that's just that sounds like such an absurd proposition already. Like, why are why is that in the the pitch? Like, and why your... is the title the Lost Husband? Doesn't like, she sound lost like her the husband, and they're like, let's call it the Lost Husband. Well, I'm sure Josh Demel uh, is like sexy goat herder uh, who comes comes in, and you know, it's based on Catherine Center's 2013 novel. Okay, so okay. We'll, we'll make we sure to do a little research. Have we found our new uh, Nicholas Sparks? Is this our new Nicholas Sparks? I have no idea. It says, as of July 2020, 58% of the 19 interviews compiled on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes are positive. Okay. The Average score is 6.11 out of 10. Ooh. Okay. That's not bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, on okay. Metacritic? That's not bad at all. On Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes uh, started doing the Metacritic thing. Brian Tellerico of RogerEbert.com ordered the film two and a half stars. Okay, so that, I Hell mean, yeah, it's predictable. <laughs> a quick... That feels about right. Wait, hold on. What, what BTAC say? All right. Two and a half? Good. Brian Tellerico, <laughs> all respect to him and his opinions. Uh, have you caught up on Umbrella Academy? That's number two. I'm on episode three. Of this of season? season? Yeah. Okay. Do you want have to you talk about it? that? I haven't watched it. I've I want to watch it all the way because it's all, it's all kinds of fucked up already. Like, oh, really? I'm like, I'm like what? Jack, you're gonna love it. Actually, did you watch the first is, season? Is it good? No. Oh yeah, I, I really enjoyed the first season. It's like easy to watch. I forgot most of it because it wasn't like the the best thing I'd seen, but it was easy to watch. But now in this one, like they're they get thrown back in time and shit. It's not a spoiler, but in this Ooh. second season, like they're dealing with intersecting with the Kennedy assassination what? and like the different permutations of what could happen if they intervene. Um, huh. So it's interesting. Damn. And like right now, I don't even know which way it's going. Like some, it, it's all there's so much time travel and all this other shit. But it's you definitely cannot. It's not one of those things you can watch like while being on your phone because I think a lot of people you could watch something, kind of check your phone, be in and out. This shit, you will lose the thread so damn quick. So uh, you got to respect the material and watch it. I'm big on uh, Shit's Creek and crossword puzzles these days. Those oh not, together, yeah, ba- background music. Um, World's Most Wanted keeps hanging around in the top 10, and I don't know. It, it just seems like it's a docuseries about like criminals. Yeah, but people, I've had two people I know text me and ask me if I've watched it. Really? 
which is interesting. And I don't know if they're asking me because they feel like it's up my alley, but they're like, you watch it yet? Or like, have you seen World's Most Wanted? So I, I don't know. Put a pin in that because I have no idea what that is. Uh, yeah. The Seven Deadly Sins, which appears to be manga. Manga. Manga? Manga? Manga. 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 Man- man- yeah. It's manga. called mangoes. A couple mangoes. <laughs> um, Got the mangs on deck. Yeah, uh, that's probably a series, right? Yeah, that's a series. That's a series? that's a long. I think the other one I would watch is that one, Work It, which looks like a weird dance movie. Because I love uh, <gasps> I love 90s dance movies, dance films. Um, I just rewatched Stomp the Yard the other day. Oh, you did? I did. So it Gosh, turns out that Kiki is in that movie. That's a type of um, movie that is very popular on Netflix, like streaming. It's like, well, I think one of those types of movies that they've figured out, oh, people actually really like this more than we've realized because um, they're making them ori- as original programming. And also, like, when you look at the top 10 shows of the summer, uh, Last Dance was number four, I think. Um, mm. But that's not, oh, okay. We're not talking about dancing specifically. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, what is the last dance? Oh shit! I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bro, what? I'm so dumb. I was like, like is Jack there actually hasn't last watched dance? the last dance. He was lying when we were doing those recaps every week. Like, He's just getting lucky, I guess. Isn't there a dance movie called something similar? To last dance. Save the last dance. Save the last dance. That's yeah, what I was yeah, thinking. yeah. Anyway, but like this one has like the most again aggressively formulaic uh, t- uh, sort of uh, plot. A brilliant but clumsy high school senior vows to get into her late father's alma mater by transforming herself in a misfit squad into dance champions. I mean. Hell yeah. Yes. Sign me up. So, yeah. Okay. So they're dancing. I mean, I think, yeah, especially with like TikTok and stuff, like kind of mainstreaming, like even if you can't dance, just dance, which I think is great. Because right. exactly. not everybody has to be able to throw it. You the know democratization I mean? of dancing and singing. That's, Those are yeah. things we're seeing. Uh not everybody can themselves. sing like me, but they can try, you know? But hey, look, if you're having trouble crying, maybe dance a little bit. If that helps get your emotions out, like that's that's a gateway to fully expressing yourself down the road. Uh, yeah, so we got work and we got Shameless. We got Selling Sunset, Dennis the Menace. I already watched that whole thing. Selling Sunset? Yep. All right. Me and Jamie Loftus, we already... We but we, we stay in that show like in a really bad way. We're like, we're like, why do we do this to ourselves? Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of actually comedians tweeting about loving it. It's I think it's because it's you're you're watching human beings like exist in a reality that like most people will just don't understand or will know of like these like real estate people who are just doing making massive amounts of money and like everything that's important. to them. It's just so weird. They're like so glamorous and everything's just money. And you're like, oh, my God. But then party is like a broke person. You're like, damn, that would be sick, though. <laughs> but I would still vote for your taxes to be way the fuck higher. Don't get me fucked up. <laughs> Don't they like not sell anything the whole time? There's one house that's like so expensive that it just ends up hanging over the entire season and mm. it like doesn't even matter. Like this it's really never about the house. It's like but it does about really the trash it, people. It's like one of those things. It's like a Netflix show where they get like how to thread that needle of like people like house flipping shows or like seeing nice houses but also you want the messy tea of like a bunch of people with Birkin bags and like Botox talking mm, shit mm. Um, so it's all it's you know it's got it all but it's it's really it's probably the least redeeming shit you could watch right now yeah I might have to spend a week with the missus watching that um, oh yeah Dennis the Menace uh, Wizards Still. Tales of Arcadia and Mr. Peabody and Sherman yeah, Dennis the Menace being so like popular and having legs is really surprising to me. Um, yeah, do you remember that one, Sophia? The I don't even one? know what that is. Walter the nineties Dennis the, live action Dennis the Menace. Christopher Lloyd as a drifter bad guy. Yeah. No, I never saw that. He's eating like a can of beans or something. There's like a big fart scene. I feel like when they're eaten by a campfire. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that kid now that. who played him, Mason Gamble, is a marine biologist. Hell yeah. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yep. And then uh, we have a updated top 10 movies of the summer. Uh, I think we talked about the fact that The Lorax and 365 Days and Old Guard were one, two, and three. But now Kissing Booth 2 has broken oh, into yeah. uh, the top five. Desperados uh, is like a rom-com. Maybe I'll do that. Desperados. Oh, yeah. That's the one with Nassim? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I started watching that. Um, Nassim Badrada, I love her. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Other than that, how do you? It's know? got a very, it's got a very aggressive premise, but uh, it, but what comedy film doesn't? You need that to kind of get everything going. Sorry the th- the movie that I was talking about that uh that I <laughs> confused the last dance with is Feel the Beat. Is that ah yes yeah yeah um which is the dance movie right right that's oh, the wait, dance movie wait what's Feel the Beat? There's Feel the Beat and Work It. Oh come on now See, Feel the now beat we're is doing too much. Feel but what is Feel the Beat about? Oh that's another Netflix film. Right. Oh shit! I'm like looking and I'm like I I was watching it. I'm like you, would you like to resume? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit yeah i got i was i was okay i was twisted when i watched this because it's, it. it's a look, look let's be real it's a tvg rated netflix movie <laughs> i remember this shit now it's so bad this shit is so bad oh it's g-rated yes i don't know what the f- don't look don't worry about me don't worry maybe, about me maybe i need to watch that so i can watch it with my kids and also get into uh the dance movie craze yeah yeah because that is uh yeah that's it's the point i was trying to make is that they they seem to be doing really well with dance stuff yeah um, all right so so it's just a very dancey thing i guess you'll do uh feel the beat yeah and then what was the one i said i forget the name already work that it. one work it work it i need a glass of water okay um actually i'm gonna For stick with de- i'm gonna stick yeah. with desperados because uh oh. i don't want, i don't want it to be too dancey okay um, Ted Danson. All right, so let's keep it to so the Desperados. homework assignment. Desperados or I already forgot what the fuck was it called. Work Feel, it, work Damn. it. It's a bad song. Yeah, because that name just it's so bad. I mean, it's, it's just a good so song. generic. Yeah, Sham- but like, yeah. Um, all right. Well, all right. Uh, that's gonna do it for the week, Sophia. It's been great having you as always. Where can people find you and follow you? Well, you can. Find me on my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, with Miles Gray, mm-hmm. and on Twitter and Instagram at the Sophia S O F I Y A. Also, listen to my album Father's Day. Oh yeah, it's Miles good. did it. I did, and for the longest time, I was being like, "Yo, everybody, listen to it on 420 Day Fiance." And she was like, "Have you actually listened to it?" At the time, I had it, and I was like, no, oh. "I'm gonna be straight up with you." I did not. Then I really, then I listened to it right away, and it's. You shouldn't be surprised. Sophia comes with the goods every time, and it's hilarious. So check that album out for sure. Thanks. And is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Yes. Or some other I work? Screenshotted. I like this tweet from Steph uh, underscore MCCA. Where are we at on student loan forgiveness? BTW. I didn't mean to go to college. It was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> And then this one from Personally Rich, and it says, credit scores are astrology for landlords. <laughs> uh, Miles, where can people find you, follow you? What's tweet you've been enjoying? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, the at Miles of Gray. Also, where else? Uh, PlayStation Network. Uh, and Sophia said, 420 Day Fiance. Uh, production of iHeartRadio, where hey. and also a, a production of uh, Many Blunts and watching a ton of <laughs> reality TV, uh, where you can hear some of the most aggressive impressions and impersonations you have ever heard. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. A tweet that I like. I actually did like that same one uh, about the uh, the astrology for landlords thing. Huh. <laughs> and this one is a very uh, comedy insider tweet, but if you know who Eliza Skinner is, uh, you'll appreciate this. She's a very gifted comedian, uh, is nice with the rap skills. She used to do like an improv rap show at UCB. She's also like does that rap battle show. She's like the head writer for that. She's just like a fantastic music. She's music. the most talented fucking so rapper fucking and writer. Funny. Yeah, so Adeliza Skater tweeted, Sweet Jesus, my 25-year-old neighbor is outside talking about how good she is at musical improv. This is a circle of hell. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Somebody tweeted that clip. Did you see the clip where Cardi and Megan from the WAP video are replaced by Biden and Kamala? Like their uh-huh. face, yes. their faces are grafted on there. Oh no! Uh, it's like really well done, and therefore wildly uh, di- 
depressing and upsetting. Uh, and at Shart Week tweeted, I'm not even looking both ways before I cross the street anymore. If God wills it, let him take me from this place. <laughs> In response to that, uh, Harry Charles uh, Zeit Gang tweeted uh, a little story about the lead singer Smash Mouth uh, that I, I think is just illustrative. Uh, Smash Mouth played Bratfest here in Madison. They stayed at a downtown hotel my friend is a bartender at. The lead singer harassed her the whole time to come up to his room. When she refused, he left a zero tip on their $500 tip. Uh, so, shout out to. He's gonna uh, get the smashed in the mouth next time he I see him. Should get smashed in the mouth, am I right? Um, then, uh, sorry, there was one more. Oh, and then Ryan O'Flanagan tweeted, If I were a professional basketball player, my thing would be apologizing every time my shoes squeaked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist. On Instagram, we have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we write out on. Miles, what are we writing out on? Okay, this is a track from Ego LMA. Um, I've, I've, I've suggested this track from her maybe a while ago, but this is a different track. Um, she is from London. She has got that like soulful vibe. If you like the Jill Scott, Erica Badu thing, if you just want to hear a wonderful voice and some really, really wonderful instrumentation behind it, this is it. So this is just like, okay going to the weekend with some relaxing vibrations this track is called how far by ego lma check her out uh awesome we are gonna ride out on that the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows uh that's gonna do it for this morning we'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending before we head into the weekend we will talk to you all then bye bye Easy come, easy go, everybody knows Still we chase it, won't leave it alone The waves of our time, my mind's always blown away Wait, hey, hey. He wants me, I want him, it could be simple We taught baby names, we talked about issues Like socioeconomics, race, poverty and stuff Though it ain't enough, wish I could know